This is Waves Podcast, an experience created by Two Free. Here, our vision is just to serve God first and edify those around us. Simply put, to love, share, and encourage through transparency, honesty, and testimony. Live Two Free. Thanks for being a part of this experience. And I hope and I pray that you'll find your freedom. That's too free. You guys ever wonder if God is listening to you or if God hears you or or let me ask this. Do you ever feel like or you ever ask, why am I not hearing from God? Or That's how I'm trying to put it. Like, why can I not hear God? And what I'm learning, the possi- there's, a, there's um, a perspective that maybe God's silent is a form of trust. Like, again, like in the Bible is written many times where, for example, David, you know, it says that he was a man after God's own heart. How many of you guys have read that and heard that? Like, that's something that we know. And so there were times where there were times where he wasn't hearing from God. And he had been so used to, you know, hearing from God and really doing everything in the right, in the right, in the, in the Lord's right, in the Lord's sight. That's why all of his descendants are so well, they were so well cared for by God. Um, And so, for instance, so I, I, okay, so I'm going to tie this into, okay, to this recent thing that has happened in my life. And I'm still trying to come to terms with it and let it go and make peace with it. But it just everything that I learn when it comes to the word of God or when I'm learning something or God is speaking to me or showing me something, I keep going back to this benchmark. Okay, so this benchmark is I worked at the Tulsa Boys Home and three months ago, uh, four months ago, I remember I was praying. I was praying. I was like, Lord, okay. so at that time I was working for insurance and that's a whole nother story something I told myself I would never do and I'm glad I went ahead and attempted it so that way I could say I did it at least once but I always knew that was something I would never want it to do and I didn't do it much for very long like I hated it so anyway after that um I had forgot that I had applied for the Tulsa Boys Home because I had applied for it maybe two or three years ago and never got it and I was just like whatever and so when I got the job, I got the job and I was excited and I was like, wow, I'm going to be making a difference. All this great stuff. And it was good. It was awesome. And so I'm there for three months. Right. I'm doing the thing. I'm loving it. I am feeling like I'm really being used by God. I'm making a difference. I'm sowing seeds. I'm edifying into the youth. I'm showing them how to be men. Um, I'm showing them how to uh, uh, be men in the image that I know how to be a man. Right. Because everyone has their their uh, definition of what a man is. And I, I honestly feel like it's more than what a man looks like. It's a, how a man acts, like how he handles his responsibilities, how he takes initiative, how he has integrity, how he walks with valor, how he, there's just different stuff that constitutes to what a man means. Um, and I think society and culture has it all the way messed up. Um, but anyway, I digress. So uh, I'm working there, y'all, and I'm telling you, it's the first, first paying like, I don't even want to call it a job. It's the first paying work that I've ever had where it did not feel like a job. Where I could be at work either 8 or 16 hours and I'm literally, I'm sitting around all day hanging with the kids or going to the gym or going on outings or, you know, um, doing arts and crafts with them. 
uh, uh, walking trails, going fishing, um, going to the pool, like r doing stuff with horses, being in nature. Like we, ha it was so great. It was beautiful. It loves it and it breaks my heart every time I think about it. But I'm healing and I'm getting past it because it's, it. To me, that was life. I was getting paid well to just do God's work, be His vessel, and I was grateful for it every day. Um, I would thank God. I would be grateful. I would say, God, thank you. Like I would wake up and never, never in my mind had a thought in my head like, oh, do I want to call in today? I never had that. I was never late. I never called in. I loved it. You know, it wasn't a job to me. It wasn't like a nine to five working for another man just to get a check. This was, I was actually being a part of someone's future. Like I, I was sowing seeds and helping them understand that where they are in their young adolescent life that that wasn't the end that this is just the beginning that there are people who here who really actually care for you and want you to do well and see uh light in you and know that god has a purpose for you like there was just so much guys and i can't even express everything that i was feeling and everything that i was hoping to uh, attain or to give with working with these kids i had planned to be there for at least one to three years if not three to five years and um you know, I had set up my 403B. I had set up my uh, life insurance. I had put my beneficiaries on it. Now, this is the first career I ever had that wasn't a job job to me. Like every other job I have, because I've had enough of them, I never had beneficiaries. Well, this time I put my nieces and my nephew on there in the event. So this is how you know I was invested. I was committed that I was going to really do something. And uh, I remember I had kept praying and asking, God, God I want to work somewhere where I feel like it's not a job, where I feel like it's my purpose and I'm doing and I'm exercising the gifts and the skills that you've given to me that I am to share with other people. And I felt like that was happening. And But then you get on the other hand, what happened? So what happened? Why are you? Well, what happened was because I know that the Lord tells me that I can continue to be who I am and still serve him and still represent him. When I when I walked, it was a man of God. Like I I had I have such high integrity when I would see something. I'd say something when I see something that didn't benefit the kid or was uh, not good for the kid. I would address that. I would bring it to the lodge manager. Now, I will say that my biggest issue at this boy's home was the fact that people did not like me. Not that I did not like people or coworkers because I stayed to myself. You want to know why? Because when I went in every day. My focus when I got out of my car was always these kids. I need to be here for them during this shift because they may need me. This may be the shift that they need me to show up for them and put everything else that's happening in my life outside and make sure I'm here 100% for them. And that was my that was my decision every day when I walked, when I left, or when I came to work. And then when I would leave, I would get look forward to coming home because I would be able to go to sleep, lay my head down, and just kind of recollect and and and, and de, 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 uh, debrief with every event I had and every encounter I had with these kids that day. I mean, these kids were telling me stories, like whether they were good stories from their past or the horrific stories of kids being abused and hurt and tossed around and, 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 and given drugs and making them do all that, like these horrific stories, horrific stories, which humbled me. I was like, man, my life is not as bad as I always thought it was. And so, so we're... I would always show up and in that I was I was building rapport with these kids. I never had a bad kid. I had kids that would get upset or get aggressive but not physically hurt anybody. Ment like verbally they would hurt people like with their words and shit. And they would just 
kids, they're teenagers, not able to manage their feelings just yet. They're still in that adolescence and I gave them grace. I was always one to meet them where they were at. And so I love these kids. I loved what I did. And so these kids too, like I got them sending me letters now. Like a few days ago, some kids sent me a letter and it, two kids sent me two letters and I just started crying. Like it broke me, y'all. It was so beautiful. And I will cherish these these letters forever for the rest of my life. And um, it's, it's beautiful because when I got the letters, I said, God, even though I lost my job and I'm still hurt by that because it wasn't my fault. It literally wasn't. I'm hurt because it's like I was making a difference in these kids' life. And they told us when you started there, like to always continuously show up because these kids have had abandonment and have people walk out of their life. And the fact that I was sowing roots, I was building with these kids. And then because you don't like how my personality is and how I invest too much into the kids and instead of the TBH program, the Tulsa Boys Home program, you think that's grounds to terminate me when I'm like at the end of my three month probation period? Y'all, I was there for three months and they said, you're in your probation period don't be late, don't call in, don't do anything unethical, and just learn and be able to grow. I did all of that with flying colors. And so it's like when we're in the evaluation, it's like this, you guys have no idea how bad I want to call her. I want to call her a name that is, is termed for animals that, you know, like, let me stop because let me just get it out of me okay anyway this person i have really strong words that if i wasn't god's son i would just and then i'd feel bad about it and then so i'm just gonna let it go just know that i i have i have forgiven this woman for what she's done but i will not ever like her or speak or have anything good to say about her because i I'm I'm still mad about it, if that makes sense. Like, anyway, she doesn't hold any pressure over me or hold anything on me. She doesn't hold any hold on me for what she did. It's just, she was nasty. Anyway, this lady was the lodge manager. And so she never worked on any of my shifts, right? And I'm not going to go into the whole details of all of it. I'm just going to let you guys know, speaking from a transparent point, is she terminated me on grounds of her basically not liking my personality and not liking who I was. And she didn't like that because I would go to, I would follow the chain of command or I would go and speak about things like better nutrition for the kids. I had asked her about that numerous times or I had asked her, can I have some money to take the kids out on some outings and stuff? Because I've been coming out of my pocket, which I don't have a problem with that. Like I was fine with that. I never told her that I had an issue with that because I never did. Like I felt that was great for me. Like I, I enjoyed doing it. If I had it, I gave it. And so, but I wanted, cause like for the bigger stuff, I was like, Hey, can we, you know, we, we're set amount, we're given a set amount of lodge funds each month, every lodge to take the kids out on outings and stuff. Where's this money at? Like, you're not giving me anything to do. I keep asking. It's always an excuse. It was stuff like that. So then I would, you know, follow the chain of command, speak to her supervisor. And she didn't like that where I would follow the chain of command and speak to the supervisor about the better nutrition for the kids. She didn't like that. Or if we were in a treatment team meeting and I would give them a rundown on how the kids have been acting on my shift and I asked for advice or I asked for help on how to do this, it would just kind of be like they would just blow past me, look look over the, the situation and just basically like continue going on what they're talking about. Like did not value my input in the treatment team when it came to these kids' uh, health and their treatment there at Tulsa Boys Home. Like did not value my input at all. And so like when they would say something slick or do something rude and then I kind of like kind of like shut down like, oh, that's how y'all feel about it. Then I'm not going to say anything. 
then that was an issue. There was an issue one time where they, I had built a rapport with these kids, <clears throat> my own personal lodge. And I said, okay, well, cause there was one day I came in, they were like, well, the decision's been made uh, that you're going to be moving to so-and-so um, effective immediately. And it, it's kind of, it, it caught me off guard. Cause I was like, dude, I've built so much rapport with these kids. You can't, I don't want to just up and leave. Like, can I have, like, can I work the rest of my weekend with them? And then you guys move me. They took that, she took that as inflexibility and um, not willing to move. But that's never what happened because if you looked at my track record, I was always picking up extra shifts, helping out everywhere. I just wanted to let the kids know that I've built a rapport with and a bond with that, hey, I'm leaving for a little while, but I'll still be here. Please be on your best behavior, you know, or come ask them to find me if you need to talk to somebody. Don't jeopardize your treatment because somebody in here makes you mad and you end up getting discharged or something like that. That's all I was saying. And she, and you know, it was, she was a petty woman. She was very petty. And so blind, like railroaded me because at the end of the, at the end of the evaluation, I thought it was just my evaluation. And she was just like, she had taken dates and notes of everything that she had heard or things that she had uh, believed were to be true or just little stuff and put dates on everything. Half of the stuff, uh, three fourths of the stuff wasn't even valid. And so when I tried to contest that um, to the DHS program director nobody heard me not only did i feel not represented in that room because of my minority pigmented skin i felt railroaded nobody none of my superiors were there none of my uh co-workers were there that actually worked with me no had they asked anybody that worked with me on my shift like anything negative there wouldn't have been anything. There could have been things, obviously, they would have named it like, well, this is part of something that he can work on, that he's only been here three months. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. But she never approached me and never tried to coach me on anything. Like, it was just like from day one, she knew that she wanted me to be out in nine, in, th in 90 days, which is so weird because you had all these days, like you had planned all this, but never once tried to coach me or bring any of this to my attention. So it's it's like... I can't not help but feel discriminated against. And so, like, it, it would have been crazy. Like, you would have asked my partner that I work all my shifts with how I am, right? How I am as in my work ethic or my supervisor on the shifts that you're not there. When she's there, you could have asked them how I am, but you didn't. But anyway, all that to say is, like, I had said in my mind, like, God, okay, Yes, I get to finally do something that's not my job. Like, that's not a job. Like, I'm actually doing something that I feel like I'm giving back to the kingdom. And here I am thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to be here, you know. No, it was all I got was three months. And it's like, how can you go to something feeling like, oh, this is really for me. God has given this to me. And then it's taken from you. And you can't see. There's no there's no weight or validity to anything that you did that was against TBH code or anything unethical when it came to these kids. It was all just because you didn't like me because you had the power to do it. And that's so foul. Like, that's why I'm just so, I'm broken by it. Cause it's like you, now did you didn't did that. Now these kids are like, wow, another one's gone. Now the kids are like, well, that's not going to stop me. Like, I still want to talk to Mr. Corey. Like I, that's my, that's, he was a mentor to me. And, and most of the people up there are there for paychecks, yo. They don't care about these kids. They do not care about these kids. And I hope to God and I pray that someone or something happens to where Tulsa Boys Home is exposed for the crap that it is. 
when it comes to these kids' it's treatment, there's good people that work there and there's good kids that live there. But we got the wrong type of we had the wrong type of staff up there. We got kid we got staff up there just recently was on the news over here uh 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 um uh he got arrested for uh having sexual images of kids and was working at the boys home like all oh, over 7000 it's crazy and it's crazy cuz i i worked with this dude one time and i saw him around campus a couple of times and i never would have thought and then a couple of weeks ago you had or a couple of months ago there's a lady that worked there that was uh that's under allegedly i believe it's i'm not going to say allegedly under investigation because she had was doing whatever with the kids and that's not the first time this has happened and it's just like it pisses me off that they want to employ the wrong type of people the dirty people they want to employ the dirty people but the people who are there to share light and share wisdom and share what they have and just be there out of the goodness of their heart they want them out of there they want people who aren't going to rock the boat. They want people who aren't going to contest the superiors. They want people who are just going to become complacent and shove stuff under the rug. That's not me. And that's not who God designed me. And I'd be damned if I go to go to I'd be damned if God holds me in judgment because I started because I sat there and let certain stuff happen when it comes to these young souls that are just starting out because y'all didn't give a damn. I refuse because I knew every day when I showed up, I was going to fight tooth and nail for these kids, especially when it came to their health and their treatment and their um their just their 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 mental health you know like like it, it, to me it wasn't all about discipline it was about positive reinforcement and, and allowing them to meet us where they are and it's like you you can't throw one type of therapy at all people and expect that that to be the code you, it doesn't it doesn't work like that and then one of your claims also against me was oh i have favorites really how do I have favorites when I work between multiple lodges and everybody likes me? Not one resident doesn't have anything bad to say, man, because I treat everybody the same. I, 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 I bend where I need to bend and I'm stern where I need to be stern. But everybody sees that I'm consistent across the board. And it's funny because you don't work with me, but you had that claim to put against me to get me out of there. And yet nobody checked her. Nobody did anything. Nobody did any checks and balances to kind of be like, Oh, wait, you wrongfully terminated him. And so I prayed about it and I sat here and I night after night, a couple of nights, I cried. I said, Lord, you know what? I'm done crying over this because honestly, I feel like I did my part. I sowed my seeds because you got kids now. I got three of them now that look up to me, that are writing me letters, that are texting me, that are calling me, that are FaceTiming me like, hey, man, how are you? And all this other stuff. Like, it warms my heart because it's like, that's how I know I didn't do anything wrong when I get those letters or when I got these kids calling me now that's how I know that I didn't do anything wrong I did exactly what I was supposed to do and this is the this is the reward I'm getting the kids are coming to me now even though I no longer work there and it's crazy because one of the kids started a petition and he was getting signatures to get people to reinstate me and I know it's not going to come to fruition I know it's not but it's beautiful that these kids fought for me and that's one of the things I was working on them with was how to effectively communicate things that you do not like about the program. I have worked on them with that a couple of weeks ago. And now they're using it and it's, it's beautiful. But all that to say is like, now I'm asking God and I'm like, I'm making peace with it. Like, okay, well, maybe after all that stuff that's happening and the stuff that's, you know, happening and unraveling at the Thoughts of Boys Home right now is like, I really honestly believe that it's God's way of protecting me. I feel like now God is just like, 
I wanted to remove you from that because I needed you to be protected. And I don't ever feel like God is a God that punishes or like, uh, like just consequences people. I really honestly feel like in this situation, it had nothing really to do with me. I did what I was asked to do. And I never even knew that maybe on God's time, he had already planned for me to only be there for that amount of time to meet the people that I needed to meet and then move on. I have to make peace with that. And I have to allow myself to let the rest of it go because I did make some engagements. I got, like I said, I got kids writing me full front and back pages, how they missed me and how they looked up to me and how things are not the same and how they're going to continue to keep in contact with me because I helped them. Like I gave them hope and I, I taught them who God was like, and that, that brings tears to my eyes because it's like, that's all I ever wanted to do. I just wanted to share my story and I wanted people to know who God is because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the world, that's all that's going to matter is did you believe, do you, do you believe like you gotta, you, you know, you gotta have and fight for something higher and bigger than yourself. And for me, that's God. And so wherever I go, it just came out in my spirit. It's like, even if I wanted to not talk about God, it would just come out. Like it's just in my spirit. And I made some impacts on these kids' life. Like, and I just wish I could have been there longer to make more of an impact. But you know, at the same time being there, I could have been poisoned by the vipers that work there, you know? Um, like we did our episode, uh, we were talking about Paul in Acts where a viper had lashed onto him and he, you know, he shook it off into the fire. And, uh, so basically, you know, a lot of people keep telling me I was in a den full of snakes and God just rescued me out of it. And I, I hate that because it's like, I didn't want to leave the kids. Like, and I, and I have to, I have to, I have to make peace and understand that and hope that God has them protected and that they will be just who they are and they would do just fine as they were before I showed up but it's like why should they have to like when the answer like part of the answer was me and I was there and I was helping and I do feel like I did so a few seeds to now where the TBH program will start to change a little bit um because it's like the week before my termination um I was able to get the head cook and the program director for substance abuse in the same room and we talked about it so hopefully I won't ever get to see the fruits of that, but I'm hoping that it didn't, you know, uh, affect my employment. And I'm hoping that it really is something that wasn't just like um, an appeasement, I guess. I guess I, I'm hoping that it was actually something that they're going to institute and try to fix. Um, because there's a lot of stuff at Tulsa Boys Homes that's done in the dark. And for a nonprofit, there's some stuff that needs light shed on it. And I feel like being the guy that my God is, it's like, it's, it's all going to come out when it's supposed to come out. And I just, I'm not staying silent for anyone. So I won't, I won't ever, I won't ever, 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 ever talk bad on Tulsa Boys Home. But what I will do will always will tell the truth. People ask me how it was out there. I will tell you, it's not the greatest, you know, it's not, it's not bad, but it's not the greatest. It's not what they're selling Tulsa Boys Home to be. Like, it's not. You know, you go on a hope tour. If you go on a hope tour for Tulsa Boys Home, don't buy into that mess. You want somebody, you want you want to know the truth about the Tulsa Boys Home. You, what you need to do is you need to ask the kids. You need to ask the kids themselves and then ask the staff. But I would ask the kids because they're the ones that live there and they're the ones who go through this and have been there. Ask a DHS kid as long as they've been there. Some have been there five, six, seven years. Ask them how Tulsa Boys Home and I'm, they will tell you without a hiccup how that place is. And have they seen things come and go and people come and go and 
investigation after investigation and this and that and this and that and i'm just like dude i was there three months and i didn't really still didn't really know anybody because i stayed engaged with the kids and um it was crazy because you know she said one of the things that also i was going to be terminated for was because i represent I represent the kids more than I represent the Tulsa Boys Home brand. And I said, well, I've been here three months. How do you, what is the Tulsa Boys Home brand? How do you expect me to represent that? And she was like, oh, it's fine. Um, that's just something that you learn within time. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, all right, cool. She's not gonna hold that against me. No, she did. She did. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that because it's like, at the end of the day, I have to... So I feel right now, I feel like God is not speaking to me because I want him to... T I want to know why... I'm no longer there. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I, so then it, it's like, maybe it's not that I did anything or didn't do anything. I honestly feel like that's not the type of God that I serve. And I'm learning that everything I do, whether, wherever I go, like, I'm protected because I'm God's child, right? And all, all things work for the good of those who serve God and all those who believe and trust in God, those who are righteous, like those are the promises that I know that are going to keep me sane and understanding that I did exactly what I was supposed to do at the Tulsa Boys Home. And because people couldn't see my gift or couldn't handle my gift, they wanted to remove me. And that's fine, right? Because this world is not my home. I, I'm just here to share and to walk with God. That's, that's, I honestly feel like that's it. I think we complicate things thinking that our life is so much bigger than what it is or forgetting the real reason why we're actually here. And all I can do is pray for those, you know, like there is, it was mostly her who terminated me. It was all her. But there was conversations I know that were had about me and stuff that were moved shiftily. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I'm not a victim, but I'm also not guilty in this situation. Like, the greater good was I took care of these kids. And you, and you named that in the evaluation. You said you, you do groups really well. You take the lead. You instruct the kids. You're very, like, mature. Like, you really help the kids, and you're invested you were never late. You were never tardy. I got written up one time. And that was because I gave a kid his nighttime medicine in the morning, which was a uh, like a melatonin and then like a mood stabilizer or something. It was still the same medicine, but I gave it to him at the wrong time. Like I just flipped. And it was it was crazy because I had told them and I had told them. Uh, that it was because I, I usually I had worked the day shift, which was like three to 11. So I was always used to only giving two meds, which is the the 3 p.m. and then the evening. Right. So then when I come around on this is this is my fourth week, by the way, too. So when I come in that Saturday morning, I was there. It was a 7 a.m. And I had I was so used to only working the 3 to 11 that I had given him, like I said, his night med, his evening med. Instead of the morning, med. I, I, I'm not used. To, I do one morning a week and I wasn't used to administering you know, so like they held that against me, but that was the only road up I ever had. It was never a behavior. It was never punctuality. It was never integrity. It was never uh, ethics. It was never uh, job description. It was never anything against any code where it involved the kids or TBH as a business.
So me getting terminated was purely out of me not being liked. Do you not see how I feel so wronged in that situation? There's no way I can contest that. Like, and it's, it's just messy. And it's like, there's so many people that work there that do things that are just blatantly disrespectful, uh, poor work ethic, all this other stuff. And you guys, they've been there for years, but I'm there three months and I'm like this ball of light. And like, I, I just, yeah, I'm youthful. I'm 30 years old and I'm youthful and I, I, I relate really well with the kids, obviously. Why is that an issue? Why is it the, the, the people who hired me wasn't there to, you know, why wasn't I able to talk to them? Like, you guys saw something in me when you hired me and I was doing that. And now when I'm being terminated, nobody is here to be like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. He's doing everything that we had dis- we had agreed and we had talked that he was going to do. He's doing that. Where was everybody, you know? And so it's like, I feel great that I walked away with investing and now these kids will forever know me. They will forever know that I I edified into them. I, I, I love them. I gave them my heart and my, my, my energy and what God gave me to give. And so they may have think that they won, but the relationships have followed me. You may have removed me from that entity, but you can't remove the kids from knowing me, you know? And so I... I'm making peace with maybe God's silent is him trusting me. Like, I know you're going to make the right decision wherever you go. And I'm going to be there wherever you go. It's just, you're not going to understand everything. Like, his ways and his thoughts are not like ours. I've always known that. But then I learned today that when scientists say that a light year is 40, a light year is 16... Is 64 billion, a light year is 64 billion miles away. Or they, oh, well, they, they said heavens and earth are as far as 64 billion light years away. But then a light year, I'm, I'm not sure how many, I forgot how many years a light year is. I think a, a light year is something, some odd millions. Like, anyway, anyway, all that to say, um, we try to confine everything that we perceive in our mind to that of how God thinks. And the thing is, is we can't do that because we don't know how God thinks. And we will never be able to know how God thinks because we are just a small byproduct of creation that God created. So we will never be able to comprehend how God thinks or how God sees things like even his timing is different from ours you know our day is a thousand years to him and a thousand years to him is a day to us so i've got got to get out of my way thinking like oh i did something wrong or god's punishing me or god took this blessing away from me because i don't think that's who god is and i've got to understand that there may be things in my life where i will never get a full answer from god why he did what he did but i know that it's all i can say is just throw my hands up and be like well i know god is doing something and that's the that's the piece you can walk away with the joy because it's like you always will know that God is always doing something, whether it's bad or good. You know that God is always moving, and if you're if you serve God, you know that the righteous will never be forsaken. So you ain't got to worry about what's gonna happen next. You know that you're well protected, and so 
I'm making peace with it now because it's like I want the truth of Tulsa Boys Home to be exposed not out of malicious intent not out of evil not out of disgruntled employee not out of all that not not out of any of that because I'm well taken care of like I, I I I when they kicked me out I didn't fall I tripped and stumbled but I'm still walking you know so it's like it's not out of any type of ill intent I just want people to know the truth of how things are going around there and what things what are happening because it's like at the end of the day no one there I should feel like should be ever profiting off the back of these kids. If you're driving a super expensive car, $100,000 plus car, and you're the only car on that lot, on that campus, against all the other employees that are driving, you know, pretty standard, pretty, you know, decent modern cars, and you're making all this money, and you're not really doing nothing for the program or the campus or these kids in Richmond, why are you getting all this money? Why are you getting all of this when these kids could use this money in recreation or better cameras around campus or better nutrition or better recreational sports or better entertainment for their lodges or better safety measures, better... Uh, like, just better stuff. Like, there's so much money that comes into the that program I know of that, and it's just like, I, but it's not, I don't feel like it's being evenly dispersed. Why are you coming to work to get a check? Because at the end of the day, the one thing I want to keep hammering is you wouldn't even be getting a check, wouldn't even have a job or W-2 if it wasn't for these boys. It's called the Tulsa Boys Home, which means the only reason money's coming into this is because people want to help the boys. And if you guys aren't helping the boys, why are you even here being paid? Like that's That to me is gross and unfair and trashy because the kids can't fight for it. They're not going to listen to them. So I try to. And look what happened to me. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Because I know it's so to seed. And the next person is probably going to come along behind me and try to do something too. To keep pushing that to make sure they do the right thing. And so. I feel good about this episode. Because it's like. I've learned in this circumstance and I also have been called to expose in this circumstance and I am just grateful to be a conduit or a vessel to be a part of all this so is God being silent many times in the Bible it said he was silent I mean the Bible is the only documentation that shows that God spoke but in that Bible, you also saw there was, there was, um, uh, what is the word? Uh, disciples that, who ran after God and ran after Jesus, that there was times where they didn't hear from God, you know? And so like, like, like for instance, when Jesus died, those three days, he, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And those were the three days that the people he were with for three and a half years that he lived lived with, did testimonies with, uh, showered with, ate with, slept with. He talked to them every day. So then when he was gone for three days, that was so loud to them because it was like, there was so quiet. But they knew that there was power in that. If God is silent, is it because he trusts you? 
Or is it because you continue to live a life of so much sin and you continue to create all this distance between you and him? With distractions, you know, distractions are the biggest things that keep us from the word of God, especially our phones. You got all these notifications coming in when you're supposed to be doing your Devo time or you got family, you got life, you got all this stuff. Distractions. Or you're out here doing all this, you're doing all this sinful stuff, you know, stuff that you know that's not Christ-like, stuff that you know that you shouldn't be doing to people or to whatever, doing stuff. Lack of integrity, that's a sin. Not written as a sin, but basically that's summing it up, lack of integrity. Like you're stealing or you're thieving or you're taking things that are not yours or you're lying or you're being deceitful, that's that's sin. And so, um, God weigh, first of all, God weighs all sin equally, just like you know, and so that could be the one thing that's keeping you distant from God is your sin because God is so holy. He can't be around sin. And until you repent and you come back from your ways and um, pursue God, then you can't hear him. But then on the other hand, if you're doing everything, you feel like you're doing everything correctly or you're in your time with God, you're, you're walking with God and you feel like your life is blessed and that, that you're not that, that, that you're in right standing with God then and you don't hear him then at that point it's like maybe I don't really need to hear from him maybe because I'm doing exactly everything I need to be because I know that he's going to intervene if I start stepping out of the way right that's why I call him my father I've never had a real father in my life never one maybe one day my biological father will hear this podcast and know that I never want to see him. I never even want to meet him. Because at this point, it's like, I'm grown now. Like, there's nothing that can happen now. But anyway, this isn't about him. But I, but learning who God is and his paternal, like, it's different from earthly father. Even if I had a benchmark it to an earthly father, like I've never had one, so I don't know. But I know that what I've learned from God that still his love is different from that of what an earthly father could give. And um, I know that my God loves me. I know that my God loves me. He tells me he loves me. It's written that he loves me. Um, it's written in Isaiah 53, how he traded lives and others for me because I am honored and he adores me, right? And so I know that any weapon formed against me shall not prosper. And that's where I'm gonna end this and just know that God is either not speaking to you because he trusts you or he's not speaking to you because you're so far away from him. Thank you guys for being a part of this Waves podcast and I pray and I hope that you find your freedom.